listening to New England Public Radio News. I'm Adam Frenier, and this is The Shortlist, NEPR's Week in Review. Joining us today is Mike Dobbs, Managing Editor of the Reminder Newspaper, and Chris Collins, columnist for the Greenfield Recorder. Welcome to you both. Hi. Hello. We start in Pittsfield this week, where Berkshire Bank announced it will be shifting its headquarters to Boston. Bank officials say there will be no job losses and that Pittsfield will remain an operational hub. Here's CEO Mike Daly. Increasing Berkshire's access to talent and transportation and business and civic leaders and growth markets, well, that'll be a benefit to all of our markets, allowing us to contribute even further to communities across our footprint. Mike, Boston and Eastern Mass have been successful in attracting biotech firms, General Electric, and other businesses in recent years. However, that really hasn't been the case in the western part of the state, and this is another example of that. What sorts of things do lawmakers and decision makers need to do to make Western Mass more attractive and even in this case keep businesses here? You know, I have to wonder about the economics behind a move such as this. In other words, you know, the cost of real estate in Pittsfield is considerably less than the cost of real estate in the eastern part of the state in the Boston area. The cost of living for employees is less in in a town like Pittsfield. And thanks to the internet, You know, a lot of businesses don't have to be in traditional commercial centers. So I I really wonder what is motivating this other than wanting to have that face time of having your company in a major metropolitan area. Chris? I would have to agree. I think think that Boston must have offered a better deal. I'm not sure what the details are of it. But I also think that there are parts of Berkshire County where Internet coverage is somewhat spotty. So, you know, until you've got an even playing field throughout the Commonwealth regarding high-speed Internet, you're going to have issues like this. So what do lawmakers need to do, Mike? Well, I think, as Chris mentioned, we've got to make sure that we have got uh, a broadband coverage for the four western counties so that it doesn't matter if you're sitting in Springfield or Pittsfield or Sunderland or Deerfield. You can have access to that. So whatever business you're in, you can be in that global marketplace. You know, time and time again, we've seen you do not have to be someplace like a Boston or New York in order to have a successful business thanks to the Internet. But you do have to have high-speed Internet access. And Chris, there are a few perceptions in play here. One, that Massachusetts tends to tilt to the east in terms of power and perceived importance. There's also the notion that places like Pittsfield and other so-called gateway cities are struggling to reinvent themselves. How much of a hindrance are these things uh, to attracting businesses and people to the area? I think there is an an identity argument to be made. I mean, I've seen this with other communities. There were small mill communities or industrial communities that are trying to reinvent themselves in the wake of a loss of those jobs. So this is not an unusual or unique situation to Pittsfield. It's a, it's a battle that's being fought all over the region. Meanwhile, at East Hampton High School, racial tensions and other incidents are receiving the attention of the state's attorney general. There's been some harassment on social media, and the school committee has temporarily barred the wearing of the Confederate flag. Nancy Follinsby, the superintendent of schools in East Hampton, said earlier this week that things are not getting worse there. We have addressed all disciplinary issues. You know, we're monitoring the uh, safety and and the um, climate of our our high school. Now, Follinsby made those comments before an unfounded threat of a gun uh, at the school was posted on Facebook yesterday. Chris, should school officials in East Hampton be worried that Maura Healy's office is looking into the situation there? I would be. I think this is a case where I don't think the AG has to get involved here. I think that there is definitely a problem there. I think it's a problem that's rooted in that school's administration. 
I think that you got to let the locals try and iron it out. That's why you have a school committee, why you have a superintendent. I think the AG is overstepping her bounds here a little bit. And, Mike, to follow up on that point, Healy became involved in another situation this month at a charter school in Malden when it banned students from wearing hair extensions, a ban that some felt targeted African-American students. Is the AG doing what she should be here? Should she leave it up to either the locals or state education officials? Well, I, I tend to agree with Chris about leaving it up to locals, although I don't think you can equate some Yahoo in East Hampton wearing the Confederate flag, which has a definite meaning, with hair extensions. Um, I mean, it's hair extensions, for goodness sakes. The, it doesn't have a meaning. The Confederate flag has a definite meaning, which I still can't fathom why someone in East Hampton would <laughs> subscribe to those meanings. However, uh, I, I think that these two cases are apples and oranges. Uh, and, and frankly, let's let the people at the local level try to deal with it first. What do you do when the folks at the local level, though, maybe aren't taking care of it? Or, or how long does the state have to wait until they, they do decide to jump in, do you think? Mike, we'll start with you. Well, I, I think that if if you see an ongoing issue of harassment, I mean, this is what this is really all about. It is a free speech issue, but it, then it, it can morph into a harassment issue. And if someone is being harassed by, by someone else uh, and the local officials are not dealing with it, then yes— Bring the AG in and law enforcement in and let them take care of it. Chris? It's a little more complex than just the Confederate flag. You've got a, a racially fused fight that would involve the son of the student support officer in that high school. You've got repeated uh, reports of the principal not responding to, to concerns about racial insensitivity. It's a lot more going on here than just a T-shirt, but, but I agree. I still think it's one of those situations where let the locals come to the AG and say, look, we can't figure this out, then, you know, I, don't, I think that the AG stepping in on her own is an overstep. Well, it's graduation season. Many colleges have or are going to hold commencement ceremonies, and high schools will be doing the same so as well coming up in the, the coming days. Mike, in your column this week, you offered some advice to soon-to-be graduates. Care to share your top couple of suggestions? Well, you know, nothing scares a graduate more than having a 63-year-old uncle corner you at the graduation <laughs> party and offer you unsolicited advice, which is going to be happening to my, no Douglas, my nephew Douglas in a, in a few weeks. So uh, my top thing is uh, go to a community college, man. Save some dough. Get a good education. Um, other little pointers, uh, when you, you need to know how to do laundry, okay? You need, to, you need to be able to function as an adult human being away from home for the first time. And if you haven't been doing that, then take the summer to learn. Chris, what's the best advice somebody gave you around one of your graduations? And what would you tell folks that will soon be donning the cap and gown? I didn't pay any attention to any of it. But what I can tell you is that Michael's first point is dead on. And from my own experience, I mean, I went to a community college and I got real-world practical experience. If I could give any advice to kids in college, it's get real-world experience. Don't think a degree is going to get you a job because it won't. Chris Collins, columnist with the Greenfield Recorder and Mike Dobbs, editor of the Reminder Newspapers, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks. And thanks to you, our listeners, for tuning into the shortlist, NEPR's Week in Review. You can catch the shortlist at any time by subscribing on Apple Podcasts or by going to nepr.net slash podcast. I'm Adam Frenier, and this is New England Public Radio.